Hello and welcome to Kit Plus Show. Now, if you're working under tight deadlines with little time to fully research what cloud technology can offer, or indeed which cloud services provider is the right one to partner with, then today's show is for you. Yeah, it could be a lack of cloud knowledge, purchasing power, limited cost forecasting, data security, or the dreaded egress fees, not to mention the growing number of disparate services media-focused vendors are launching, which, to a certain degree, are preventing content producers and media companies from enjoying the benefits that cloud services have to offer. So to answer all of this, are today's guests, Dan Muchmore and Nick Soper from Tyrell. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having us. So, yeah, good to see you both. Now, before we get into some very exciting news you've got, there may be some people watching this um, who haven't come across Tyrell before. So maybe give us some background information. That's probably one for you, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So Tyrell, we are a you know, traditional reseller and system integrator. Um, uh, been in the market for 22 years, uh, based from Dublin and London. Um, our company or team specialization is really based in the, the file and streaming um, areas of the business. So post-production, broadcast, VFX are our kind of uh, skill sets. Cool. So we kind of alluded to this at the start. You recently announced uh, at MPTS the launch of Tyrell Cloud. G can you give us a clue? What, 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 it, what is it? How does it work? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll take that one. Um, so Tyrell Cloud is basically a strategy that we've designed to enable our clients to embrace the benefits of cloud, which are often perceived badly. Um, some of our market research has helped us identify key challenges that businesses have when they try to go to cloud. Um, many of our customers yeah. don't wish to invest in the right skill sets, um, six-figure salaries for AWS certified engineering. Um, and also, they want to focus on what they're good at, making television programs, being creative, not getting bogged down in technology. So Tyrell Cloud is a platform that enables rapid deployment of key services that are relative to our everyday workflows in television production and post-production. So give us a quick run through of the benefits that uh, customers are going to find when they're using Tyrell Cloud. Um, we like to... We're trying to redefine um, system integration um, in the M&E space. We're also trying to redefine the kind of the economic and technical model that our customers um, uh, track today. Cloud gives us the, expect the ability to expand and contract at will. Uh, we do that with our team. So what we're trying to do with Tyrell Cloud is follow the, 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 the model that cloud provides us, but do so in a really simple way. Um, so a customer on Tyrell Cloud will, will enjoy all the benefits that the cloud can offer without the cumbersome technical overheads. Oh. And we do that through uh, automating of uh, all of the deployments of uh, AWS through manufactured deployments. We automate all of the stitching of the products together and then we provide a customer with uh, a portal to manage their own machine room. Um, so uh, benefiting from not having to have the technical knowledge, uh, but also from being able to control, most importantly, when their services run. And that's where we're turning the, the economic model on its head. Yeah. A, key, a key addition oh, to that point as well would be um, 
as Dan mentioned, many customers want to be able to control their costs. But also with the platform, yeah. what we've built is a, a mechanism to align cloud deployments to actual business projects rather than taking an approach of a financial year for a technical spend that is hard to reconcile against particular projects. Our deployment mechanisms are geared specifically towards projects that may pop up and disappear be that for two weeks or be that for 10 months. But essentially, all cloud deployment costs are easily reconciled to that project activity and not forced into a 12-month or a three-year CapEx cycle. So what, what specific services are available at the moment, uh, services and applications even, to customers of Taro Cloud? So a customer joining Taro Cloud today will benefit from uh, the AWS environment being set up for them. Um, then following that, the, the approach we're taking is, is a marketplace approach. And so the products, the, uh, the names of our products or services are, have been kept generic so that we can place the right vendor solutions underneath that would make sense for the workflow. Yeah. So the first solution being a transfer solution, uh, so Taro Cloud Transfer, where we're using uh, file catalysts to help uh, our customers get their content into the cloud as fast as possible. Once sure. there, um, we're using standard um, uh, AWS storage. And then from an editorial perspective, we are the only company in the world to have uh, been given uh, privilege by EditShare to deploy an EditShare solution into the cloud um, in an automated fashion. So. Cool. That's that's a big thing. So you know, for now we have a customer can input their files and now be able to edit. Um, that then extends on to the next logical step. If I have the files and I have uh, storage, I need workstations. So Tyrell Cloud Workstation um, allows a customer to start a workstation when they want to schedule a workstation when it suits their running time, and be able to control that workstation via Teradici. So again, we fully automate the deployment of a Teradici environment so the customer can do full editing from yeah. wherever they are um, off EditShare storage. And in terms of the technical skills needed to get started, I mean, many editors are freelance. So uh, I mean, is there a learning curve or can they just literally log on and go? Um, I'll take that one. No, there's, there's not really a learning curve at all. We've built a, a front-end web application to enable management of the deployments, very, very simplified, um, a complete contrast from the AWS console, if anybody's familiar with that, um, underpinning mm. our message of making cloud simple. Um, but essentially onboarding as a client um, and an editor wanting to access a workstation, you get given a set of credentials upon being invited into a project. Um, one thing I'll come back to shortly is our security model, which is obviously a key concern. But that set of credentials enables you to launch a Teradici session using either a software client or potentially a thin client or a zero client. So different entry point types into a Teradici session. And once in, you're accrediting yourself with access to essentially a Windows workstation with Windows Active Directory credentials. So it's very straightforward, quite comparable to how people have been surviving through COVID times remotely dialing into their on-premise environments, again, using the same technology that's been now well-established and become almost the norm. 
there, there, there were three kind of pillars that we tried to um, try to f uh, find solutions to, to, you know, to help customers not, uh, you know, find reasons to, to, to go to it. We believe in the cloud, so why not go to the cloud? Um, mm. A couple of those pillars were the fear of security, the fear of cost, the other one being performance. I challenge anyone actually using um, Tidal Cloud, Teradigy, and EditShare to actually really uh, feel whether they're in the cloud or not. Um, and some of the customers we got one in Tidal Cloud, the editors didn't know they're running the cloud, which means that we've we've hit the nail on the head. Our, our, the editorial side, the creative side of the, the market can um, get on with their job with not having to worry about what's underneath it. So this now becomes more of a a play for the business as opposed to the editor itself. So you've, you've mentioned customers there already. You launched MPTS, which wasn't actually really that long ago. Where are you in terms of customers at the moment? What stage, uh, you know, have you got many customers in, using, going? We have got active customers on the platform now. Um, we're also working with um, a large amount of active opportunities um, introducing new yeah. workflows, extensions to what we're already delivering to our active client base. Um, we did a uh, presentation at MPTS with one of our, our key customers, Mallinton Sadler Productions, um, that are editing a long-form documentary over a 10-month cycle. And one of the key things with the, the platform and the economics that we're achieving with our management is that we're coming inside the traditional cost model cheaper than outsourcing mm. to post-production facilities, which is going to be a disruptor, we feel. Mm. Yeah, and in terms of costs there, do you, um, obviously you've got a lot going on in the Terrell Cloud. Are people paying uh, for what they're using or do they pay a fixed fee and they get everything, whether they want it that, or not? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the, you know, our, our strap line is making cloud simple. So the first part of that was making the technical technical part simple, uh, and and the operational side. The second part was simplifying the uh, the billing process. So a customer uh, of Tyrell Cloud today will get a, a bill from us on a monthly basis, and that bill will would uh, consist of kind of two variables. One being that those persistent costs that the same every month. So the, the various you know size of storage you might have, um, and then the, the second cost would be those variable costs where because we allow a customer to decide when their service is run, um, they'll be, the, the cost will vary depending on when they've had the compute run in. So every month they will um, get a varying cost of that compute. Um, at, at the end of that month, they know they get a report from us that says exactly what they've used. So it really gives them a huge amount of power that they will know how much um, how much time their editor, editors have been running um, and the true cost of that production. Um, but Part of that simplification is, you know, when they get that monthly bill, it might be five line items. But that five line items to them is actually potentially 80 line items per product for us. So we are simplifying the cost from the vendors. Um, so, for example, we take EditShare as an example. Yeah. We have one line item for Tyrell uh, store, but that includes the EditShare uh, license, EditShare support, plus um, all of the uh, associated AWS costs. And that's been an incredible amount of work, but I think worthwhile to really take to demystify and take the fear away of what cloud um, could be. I'm going to say, yeah, and excuse me if I missed this earlier, but we covered the fact that there's not probably not a lot of technical skills 
to get started. Is there a startup cost having, you know, now that we're covering, or is it pretty straightforward? It's probably the data transfer, the egress costs. I, I think I'll take that one. I think the, the, the key element of success in the cloud is identifying, first of all, the, the scale of your cloud adoption. Um, many clients we've been working with do small piecemeal projects to test the water before they commit to cloud migration more fully. Um, in terms mm. of preparation and onboarding, we always like to, as we say, see the whites of the client's eyes. We engage in a, a pre-sales activity to make sure we scope and capture the workflow requirements, because essentially if it doesn't work on paper, it won't work electronically. So it's important to capture the client requirements technically, operationally, and financially before we go and light them up a tenancy on the platform and then let them run wild, spending their own money, essentially. So where where can we send uh, any of the viewers? Where where should we point them to to find out more? Uh, TyrellCCT.com forward slash Tyrell hyphen cloud. And for those who... Don't know how to spell Tyrell, T-Y-R-E-L-L. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. It sounds like a great solution. And of course, do check out the website for more information. Thank you for watching. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel, of course. And do check out our podcast versions. Uh, we're going to be carrying on chatting now. And you can find out what we're going to be chatting about at kitplus.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. So as as Matt said okay. earlier on, you you launched an MPTS. And I've got two questions I'd really like to ask you on MPTS. Yeah. First of all, uh, what was the show like? Because it's the first MPTS for a couple of years. And secondly, what was the, launching a new product is always a bit of a daunting task at a show. What were the most? What what did you get asked the most about Tyrell Cloud at the show? Does it work? Does it work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is it, is it real? How, how, are you, does, does how, it? Are you, how are you doing? It was another common question, um, particularly around the billing side. Um, we had a good number of people who had worked, had worked for or working with large broadcast organizations that had struggled to get AWS in and AWS be able to quantify how much it might cost. And then each vendor how much it might cost for them and and it, they just found it impossible to even get the projects off the ground so they couldn't actually believe that we would present them that simplified mm. model so that was pretty much it and uh, you know i remember talking to one customer who you know couldn't believe it would, was working then truly believed it was working and then struggled with the idea that you might be able to get email and, e and internet on a virtual computer. So I found that incredible. <laughs> actually got a full journey to, I don't believe it. Oh, wow, it really does work to, well, I can get email on this. You know, it was, it was, that was a fascinating, fascinating shift. With regards launching um, you know, a new product, Nick and I worked for manufacturers for a long time now, before Tyrell. So it's something we, we've got used to. As the show goes, from a marketing perspective, I was delighted a for us to be in front of people again um because as a company we do really well mm. when we're in front of people you know we mm. love to talk um and it was refreshing to be presenting something brand new not trying to do the you know we're two years down the line from having done a trade show and let's come to a trade show and do the same thing we mm. did two years ago three years ago so from that perspective it felt really positive yeah 
and I mean, it's only yeah. literally two yeah. weeks ago, and there's always a lot of buzz and excitement at shows, which is great. Have you? And it's not until the dust settles that you, you know, you you find out whether it was a worthwhile return on investment. I mean, we've spoken to a lot of exhibitors that say, yeah, absolutely. Is that your experience as well? I mean, have you got good leads off of it? Yeah, uh, that, that's a discipline that a lot of companies don't uh, track too well for us. We're, we're very good at it. You know, why spend all that time at a show if you if if the second part of it is going to be uh, neglected? Mm. Um, I think it can take. It can take a good year before you really get the true value of, you know, the return investment on a show. Yeah. But at the moment, um, I think uh, if I could duplicate Nick, you know, several times over, we'll be we'd be in a good place. So yeah, it's it was well worth doing. Now I've got the human resource problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, one major takeaway we took from the show in terms of our costs and our ROI. Um, the irony is the industry is chasing the cloud as a dream to be able to, as we've been talking about, make things more dynamic and more agile. But unfortunately, the trade shows, and I'm going to have a dig now because it's a key element to getting cloud success in our industry. Show connectivity mm. is appalling and yeah. it's excessively expensive. We were being potentially charged yeah. nearly £7,000 for a 100 megabit circuit. And when we're trying as an industry to migrate, how can we with those costs that are presented? So everybody started using four and five G modems. We had a very, very big modem basically to be able to deliver cloud to the on-premise yeah. stand. But that's a real barrier of entry for the industry to overcome or the vendors to overcome, which I think we need to raise the flag with basically as a collective. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. Especially if you want to keep trade shows yeah, relevant, this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah. So anyway. there was there was a, a point you mentioned there Dan, you mentioned you wanted to do a clone of Nick. What, what, how are Tyrell um, working around the skills gap right now? I mean, there's the everybody. It, everybody has signs on on their booths. We're hiring. We're hiring. How are you? How are you recruiting your your next wave of engineers and and technical stuff? Yeah, um, never stopping. To be honest, I think this is the. Uh, I think it's something we've been guilty of in the past, you know, finding someone, fulfilling that position, and then stopping until the next time you need to do it. Um, engineering is is one of the biggest risks to our industry. Um, I don't need any more salespeople. Um, you know, there's enough of enough of those in the world. Engineers that come yeah. qualified or want to be qualified or want to to grow. That's the that's the biggest risk to our market. So yeah, um, that's a it's a it's a constant. It really is a constant, uh, and I wish I had a better answer there. Engineers that I'm have either saying. skills, yeah, either skills in the cloud that are happy to learn broadcast, or skills in broadcast that are happy to learn cloud. Um, yeah, 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 I guess that you know you can add one thing, but they just what what you don't want is to have someone who just knows nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a, there's add a, one skill I mean, at a time. We've always been championing the cause of students, and we, and we always employ half a dozen, ten students at all our local Kit Plus shows, and we try and find a local uni. So in Media City, we've got I think ten students from Salford who are coming across, and they're they're doing you know film and TV courses, and you talk to most of them, and they want to come out as directors or filmmakers, and then we introduce them to manufacturers who are our exhibitors, and you say, look. 
talk to the manufacturer, talk to the manufacturer, because they actually employ people, believe it or not. Um, and I think sometimes that that whole manufacturing side is missed at university as an option. Um, and they want to come out with creatives, which is great. But there's also, you know, and we we've, we've, we know a few students now that are now, you know, well in with manufacturers. They've been working for them for, you know, a number of years and doing very nicely. Mm. Um, and still able to do their passion as a sideline yeah i mean i joined i you know i got into this industry desperate to be a recording engineer and mm. joined the studio uh, straight from college really before there was formal education in in sound recording you know i think sae was the only school available at the time and you know i learned learned the hard way one thing i really did learn was listening to people's uh, this is when you know oasis was were coming in. I didn't want to listen to everyone. Every Oasis yeah. want to be over and over again. So when when a manufacturer came knocking, I hadn't considered. It, it, hadn't, it didn't even be in my thought process. I wanted to be a recording engineer. And mm. one thing that I would say to anybody who's thinking about you know a, a career in this industry and only looking at the creative end, the vendor side, the manufacturer side, it does offer you an incredible amount of variety that you wouldn't get mm. having worked for a facility or, pro, yeah. or a show, film or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the access, no, the yeah. technical access, the variety is, is incredible. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Cool. Well, I think we've taken up enough of your time, gentlemen. Great. It's been fascinating talking <clears throat> to you. Thank you so Thank you, much. Jack. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to hit you. the stop Thank you. See you next button. time. <laughs>